Photography has mostly become a practice in noticing and appreciating the world around me. And I think also a big reason I continue to do it and I love it is that I just think it's really gotten me into some places that I would never have gotten to go without that camera. Welcome to the Tribe Archipelago podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is, of course, sponsored by Tribe Archipelago, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collective of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we are offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at tribearchipelago.com and use the code TRIBEPODCAST to redeem this one-time special offer. Today, I will be speaking with Kelly Brown. Kelly is a wedding and editorial photographer who splits her time between Victoria, British Columbia, and her new home in Joshua Tree, California. We'll chat about the joys of travel, her early influences, and her other creative pursuits that complement and inspire her photography work. If you're looking for inspiration, you're in the right place. Kelly Brown, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Listen, the, the very first question I, I want to put to you is just uh, just sort of very general for people that don't really know you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Sure, yeah. I, um, I'm mostly a wedding and lifestyle photographer, um, and I split my time between British Columbia um, on Vancouver Island, and just recently we bought a house in Joshua Tree, California, so... My husband and I kind of do half and half, which has been really great, just like personally, but also for my work, it's been really fun to sort of use these two environments and these two places to not just like create community, but create really, um, yeah, wonderful working environments um, and be influenced kind of by both of those places, which I feel is really um, evident in my work. Very cool. And and really two very different environments, right? Like, you know, Vancouver yes, Island. Yeah, so is, different. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like wet rainforest right. and dry desert. Um, yeah. But they both just have so much beauty in them and, and they're really, yeah, a really fun environment to get to know and to kind of use as a a background or almost like a palette to, to work in with my photos. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And what what is it um, about the Joshua Tree area that that really draws you? Um, I think for me, the desert has always been this place that just makes me feel very calm. I don't know if it's something about just the vastness of the landscape, and it's so open and it feels um, it feels very simple in a lot of ways. Like when you look out at it, it just feels very open and not um like there's a lot going on but the closer you get to it the more you get to know it you realize the just the intricacies and the um sort of amazing landscape that it is mm-hmm. um and so i think for me um yeah it brings me a great sense of calm and it also just kind of brings me a greater appreciation for looking at things up close yeah very cool uh so here here's a very very big question. Uh, why photography? 
That is a big question. Um, um, I think for me, photography has mostly become a practice in noticing and appreciating the world around me. So whether I have my camera with me or not, I feel like I'm always taking photos or I'm always looking at the world um, in a way that I'm noticing light and I'm noticing composition and I'm noticing interactions between people. And a lot of times I often think like the best photos I've ever taken are like not with my camera. They're just the things I notice as I'm sort of living my day to day life. And so for me, I just appreciate photography for that standpoint so much. It's almost like this daily meditation and noticing things. Um, And I think also a big reason I continue to do it and I love it is that it kind of gives me this like all access pass into very um, intimate moments in people's lives or just like really amazing people or places that I've been to been able to go because of it. I mean, I even, I even met my husband this way. Like I was on a solo camping trip and he was camping with some friends and they were playing music and I just really wanted to take some portraits of him. (laughs) And so I just asked him if I could take portraits. Um, and yeah, that was seven years ago. And huh. um, so, yeah, I just think it's really gotten me into some places that I would never have gotten to go without that camera. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's an, uh, a good perspective. I think maybe we don't think about but I, I know for myself um, recently, I've, I've been talking a lot about your, your first point, uh, just about, I think, the way photography teaches people to just see the world differently mm-hmm. you know just like you mentioned seeing light and uh and even if you don't have a camera we're uh it kind of trains us to to really appreciate uh, uh life and and beauty and and uh, you know unexpected places totally yeah uh talk to us about your your background a bit with with photography. So I understand that you actually, uh, learned to shoot and, and process film at a very early age. And, uh, uh, so do you find that, you know, the, the process of working with film has, has influenced your work and, and how so? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it has. Uh, I was super lucky. I went to a high school that had a really great, um, photography program. So at the age of 15, I got my first film camera and started playing around with that and um, learning how to make images and develop them in the dark room. And I was like, just so, so into it and was really lucky that my teacher really kind of nurtured that. And any free time I had in school or a study hall period, like I always went to the dark room. And um, so that was really great. And it's something that I hope continues in sort of public school education is that Mm -hmm. kind of access to those kind of arts. Um, But yeah, as far as it being um, a great tool and learning, I mean, film to me, when you take a film image, you're, at least for me, I'm like really deliberate and purposeful Mm -hmm. with the image because you only have so many photos on a roll and it's expensive and you just kind of feel like you have to really make them count. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, nowadays I mostly do shoot digital. It just like has been what works for me with my workflow and, um, but I always do try to, for certain shoots, incorporate a bit of film as well. And I shoot film personally when we travel all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do notice when I shoot a roll of film, say, on like a editorial shoot, you know, I might shoot like 500 images on my digital camera. And from that, I'll 
maybe like a hundred of them. But even if I just shoot one roll of film, like I almost always like all 36 of the images. (laughs) I feel like they're, um, they all can be used. And I think it's just because that approach is just so deliberate. And I think it's important or it has been for me getting back to film now to kind of reteach me of how to be more purposeful with the images I'm taking um, and just kind of slow down and, and really, yeah, just kind of think the images through rather mm-hmm. than just get camera happy and hope that some of them work. For sure. Yeah. I think it's valuable for any photographer to maybe hasn't shot with film to, to go through that process and, and develop that appreciation for, for every single frame. Yeah. Yeah. I know personally, for me, it's made a big difference. Even, even how I shoot digital now that I shoot more film, I, I, I find even shooting digital, I'm not just like, you know, shooting a thousand photos. Totally. <laughs> much yeah. more careful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like a nice practice, um, in trusting yourself and like mm-hmm. trusting that you've got the shot cause you can't see it right away. Yeah. And you also a bit of patience and like not getting the film back right away. Yeah. Um, I think now anything in our day that kind of um, can allow that process that like of breaking the immediate satisfaction that we often get nowadays from yeah. how easy it is with digital. And um, I don't know, I just think that's good for, for people to for have sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and going back to your study, so, so you actually went on to study photojournalism in college. Is that right? I did. Yes. Yeah. And uh, how, how do you find photojournalism studies, you know, affects what you're doing now? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and it was it was an awesome school. I really do appreciate that education I got. I mean, my professors, um, most of them like worked for National Geographic and my one professor actually had to leave midway through the year, Pete Souza, because he became Barack Obama's personal yeah. White House photographer. And yeah, so cool. the degree of, of um, education I was getting, I think, was really high. And I really um, appreciate that time. I think the biggest takeaway for me with studying photojournalism was just getting really comfortable with sort of inserting myself into um, people's lives or into situations where I normally wouldn't be and that I'd have a camera with me and that I'd have to just get comfortable with like being, yeah, in people's spaces. And these were mostly strangers. And, um, and I think that's translated, even though I don't necessarily do photojournalism anywhere anymore. Um, I do think that still translates into, my work both as a wedding photographer yeah. and working with brands because I mean, even though wedding photography kind of encompasses a lot of different types of photography, um, my approach is definitely journalistic. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, now it might be also because I've been doing it for so many years, but I can show up to a room full of people. I don't know any of them. There's, you know, it's like an emotional day. People might be crying. People might be upset. Like there's all these things going on and I can just very comfortably and confidently show up in that space and take photos of them doing that. I think that's been a skill that I really appreciate um, having and learned a lot during my time studying photojournalism. Cool. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. I think uh, wedding photography 
certainly has that that aspect to it and and you you know if if you're afraid to to get in there you're not you're just you're going to miss out so that's, totally that's, that's and sure. like also just getting people comfortable with you as yeah. well and i think i think that can only happen with practice and also just sort of um, I also studied sociology, so like the study of people and social situations mm. also like kind of definitely helped. Yeah, um, help that. But yeah, nice. Tell us a little bit about um, your other creative outlets, because you because you do more than photography. Can you can you tell us a little bit about those and and what they mean to you? Um, sure. Yeah. So I would definitely say yeah, photography is definitely my biggest outlet and not only is it my job but it's definitely something that I continue to do for fun which I think is important to sort of still enjoy but beyond that it has been really important for me to have outlets that I'm merely doing for myself it's not something that I'm trying to promote or to monetize Um, and I think that's really important Mm -hmm. for anyone um, especially people in creative fields um, and so for me, I'd say the biggest um, sort of outlet would be weaving and different textile arts. Hmm. Um, I got my first loom like about two and a half years ago. And um, so, yeah, being able to um, make fabric and make clothing out of it and make all of our towels and pillows and things in our house, hmm. that's been a really um, enjoyable process. And for me, weaving is like super meditative. And it's also one of those things, kind of what I was talking about before, that is definitely like, there's like no immediate satisfaction with it. It yeah. takes so much time. Yeah. The first, like really the first like three quarters of the process are like so monotonous and like really <laughs> not that enjoyable in some ways like they're just there's very little room for air and it's very repetitive yeah um but then once you like get it all set up and you um kind of throw your um shuttle through the first time and kind of see the fabric and the pattern coming to life it's just like for me like one of the best best feelings and it makes sort of that um kind of grueling setup process completely worth it and also like such a good practice in and what it's what it means to like, I don't know, put a lot of effort into something and a lot of time. And even if it's not that fun, it's worth kind of what you get in the end. Um, so yeah, weaving for me has been that. And it's something that I hope to do more of and have kind of more time to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I'd say um, the work that I do with my husband, my husband's a natural builder. Um, so he works um he builds homes and different structures out of cob or straw bale or like clay and if you don't know what that is it's totally fine but I would definitely suggest looking it up it's um really amazing beautiful thoughtful low impact type of building um and it's the way that we've built for you know thousands and thousands of years and so that for me um is fun and it, it even though it's an extension of his business and his work, it's still for me a huge creative outlet to kind of help him with either designs for homes or even with interiors that have been done to sort of think of thoughtful, low impact ways of doing um, design work and build work. Very cool. Yeah, I've I've seen his work. It's incredible. What's uh, what's his um, where can people find his work online? 
Yeah, so online he's at creenaturalbuilding.com and Cree is C-R-E. And then on Instagram, it's Cree Natural Building. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely share that in in the show notes for people to check out. I, it's it's truly incredible, and uh, I, I have tremendous admiration uh, for for the work that he's doing. Uh, and he he's also doing workshops and and that sort of thing as well, too, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. So I also am lucky. I kind of get to tag on with that. Um, yeah. I mean, he definitely this is his business, and he's yeah. very much full time with it. But I'm lucky that I get to kind of weave in and out sometimes and. Yeah. I definitely help with workshops. Um, I help teach a little bit, but I mostly just help organize and I photograph his work and I work on his website. Yeah. And um, yeah, I kind of get, usually get to have a look over his designs and mm-hmm. put in some, um, yeah, give him some feedback. And then we just bought our house in Joshua Tree and we've been able to work on this together, which has been really fun because it's the first space that we've owned and so um being able to kind of take the skills that he has and the approach for building that he has and actually do that for ourselves has been just so rewarding and oh yeah really time consuming and and hard but (laughs) like so good and yeah um yeah the result has been has been really worthwhile for sure yeah, super exciting. I've I've seen uh, some of the stuff you guys have been working on on Instagram. It's it's pretty cool. And also too, you also have a really amazing uh, uh, Spartan trailer, right? That you guys are renovating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we first came down to Joshua Tree, we kind of were just looking to get a trailer. We've been doing the split between British Columbia and California ever since we met. Um, yeah. My husband's Canadian, and I at the time when we met was living in California. I'm American. Yeah. And so ever since we've been together, we've been um, spending time in both places. And for the past several years, it's been um, a lot of like we have a car or a a truck camper. And so the year before we spent four months in our camper, um, just kind of driving and parking and staying wherever we wanted, which sounds amazing. It's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And there's definitely the fun. side of it but it's also like not nearly as glamorous at times as it also seems so after many years of kind of doing um doing that we were both kind of me especially ready for something a little bit more permanent um so that was the goal originally was just to get the trailer um and then we just kind of stumbled upon the house and it was just kind of a too good to pass up opportunity. Um, and so we, we went for that as well, but the trailer is awesome. It's a 1950 Spartan trailer. It's really similar look, um, to an Airstream. Yeah. At least the outside, it's got kind of that rounded edge with, yeah. um, the metal, um, and then the interior is just like all wood. It kind of feels a bit like a boat, um, hmm it's really fun. And we were lucky to find one right in Joshua tree. And it was definitely disgusting. I mean, it was full (laughs) of rat crap and like, (laughs) you name it, like it was, it was awful. Um, and so the first couple of weeks was literally just cleaning and gutting it. And, um, yeah, all of the very unglamorous parts of it. Um, but then, yeah, we both just kind of worked on the design together and we wanted to keep it pretty true to what it originally was, but just give it a bit of a 
uh, I don't know, a modern yeah. take on that. Um, so yeah, that was really a fun process. And again, I was lucky enough that a local weaver let me borrow her loom and I made us like all of our fabric for our towels and hmm. the whole front area where our cushions and um, kind of sitting area is. I made all the fabric for those and it's definitely been um, from like start to finish like a real blend of building and art and design that we kind of created completely ourselves, which has been, yeah, really rewarding. You, you've, you've been on quite a few adventures and journeys, I guess. Uh, so wh- what, what really stands out for you? Like if you could say what, you know, what your favorite uh, destination or, or journey has been at this point? Ooh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I feel, I mean, like I mentioned before, we every year, sometimes twice a year, depending on what my work schedule looks like. I do a lot of weddings in California, so sometimes I come down twice a year. But we both just like always like to drive. Like I hate flying, so any opportunity yeah. we have um, to kind of make a trip, like a road trip out of um, yeah. work, we'll do. And so even though I think we've easily done the trip 12 plus times, mm. our, our trip coming from Vancouver Island down to Southern California is always really fun. And there, you know, there are spots that we always stop in and then there are new spots that we find along the way. And because mm. we've been doing it for so long, we've made friends that we get to kind of check in on once or twice a year, yeah. um, have our favorite places to eat and, um, I guess like, yeah, two years ago when we did the trip in our camper, we spent quite a bit of time in the, um, Eastern Sierras and the Alabama Hills, which is definitely a huge, huge highlight and stands out, um, for me for sure. But I just think that that sort of journey, it always signifies like our time. Usually we do it in December. And so it's kind of like this, um, transition for us yeah. too, which is nice. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of freedom in having, yeah, the car and the ability to kind of go anywhere. Um, and there's a bit of familiarity with it, which I think is actually nice and kind of comforting and then always a bit more to discover. Yeah. So really, really the journey is, is, uh, is, is at least as important as the destination for you, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good, good philosophy. Um, speaking of what, uh, if you could do anything right now, like in terms of photography, what, what's on your photography bucket list? Um, I would say I, I think in the future, I really like the idea of doing more books. Hmm. Um, and so I think for me, like a dream project would definitely be going somewhere, um, like, I don't know, maybe like Morocco or somewhere like that and doing, um, sort of longer term projects on like either textiles or, you know, in Morocco, they have amazing natural building techniques. Right. Um, and so I think it would be fun one day to kind of combine what my husband does and what I do and sort of photograph people around the world that build that way. Yeah. That would definitely be a dream project. Um, and then I think, I mean, for me, I just, I love photographing just our day-to-day life and the places we go. And I hope one day um, to have kids and I think photographing their lives is going to be 
pretty top of the list for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, who, who stands out for you in, in terms of creative artists? And it, it doesn't have to be a photographer, but just someone that, you know, you admire that, that you think we should check out. Um, ooh. I think it is a photographer for me. And I think um, it's a photographer named Larry Towell. Okay. And he... Um, is a photographer for Magnum and he is a photojournalist and I think he's probably close to 70 now but he's still like very actively out there um, photographing really amazing um, very important stories Um, he came to my university uh, when I was I believe a junior Mm -hmm. Um, and he just completely like turned my world upside down as far as like what a documentary photographer could be. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of my education at that time was pretty strict with like the way that journalism is. And I definitely think journalism is the way it is for a reason and that you have to, in certain instances, be very, um, I don't know, just presenting the facts and not be opinionated and not be biased and I understand and obviously appreciate that approach in a lot of ways. But for me, that was always hard because I am really opinionated. <laughs> and I um, I also, um, I really think a lot of my images and what I enjoy with photography is creating an emotion and creating a feeling and kind of influencing that a bit. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw Larry Tao speak and present his work it was so impactful to me because here he is this person who has spent uh just like his whole life dedicated to photographing um war or photographing um just just these horrible struggles um but also just like people's um also the beauty in life like he has a book he did on the Mennonites that he spent 10 years living with them oh wow and it's just this very intimate, personal look into people's lives, mm-hmm. but he does it in a way that you very much know what he feels about it. And during his presentation that he gave at our school, he did like a slideshow and he sang and he played mm-hmm. music and he <laughs> was re- like he was speaking poetry. And in any of his books, um, he also has that element to it. Like his writing is super poetic and. Um, it was just this like really eye-opening experience to me of how you can tell stories and also combine art with it and feeling. And um, to this day, he's still like my, I, I don't think my work is anything like his, but I right. do find that he, um, yeah, his book on the Mennonites, I have it. And it's just like one of the most beautiful beautiful pieces of um photography but also just storytelling that i've really ever looked at very cool um listen kelly this has been a a really great chat i I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today yeah no thanks for having me this was fun have fun down in joshua tree with your with your home rentals i hope everything goes well and uh well i'll definitely be following along on your your instagram stories and, and seeing how that all goes so thanks again yeah thank you okay cheers Bye. Thanks again for listening today. 
If you'd like to find out more about Kelly Brown, please check out the links in the show notes at tribearchipelago.com slash podcast. And if you'd like to connect with us, head over to Facebook, where we host a private Facebook group called Tribe Collective. We'd be thrilled to have you join up and become part of our amazing and supportive community of photographers from around the world. I'm personally inspired every day by the Tribe Collective and hope you will be too. So thanks again. Until next time.